return is very close And so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God Our God is an awesome God Welcome to a service at Holy Life Tabernacle in Brookings, South Dakota. We are proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. Now let's go into the sanctuary and here's today's message. So, all right, let's stand just for a minute. Did you bring your Bible? Say it with me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I'll be taught the Word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'm about to receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the Word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Hallelujah. Lord is so good. We're on Facebook Live. We're all there. All right. Praise God. Praise God. We welcome those that join us from other nations all around the world. We just welcome you here to the Tabernacle, Brookings, South Dakota, north central part of the United States. It's getting cold for us, but we welcome you here uh, just into the kind of the living room of God's presence and those also that are home that couldn't make it out today. We bless you in Jesus name. And uh, glad that you can join us as well. So today we want to just talk about leadership transition. Amen. Say it with me. Say leadership transition. Now, Jeannie and I have walked in an apostolic anointing for decades. Uh, God has just blessed us in so many wonderful ways. First Corinthians 1, 1, Paul said that he was called to be an apostle and uh, apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God and so forth. Uh, These aren't things that man just does, but it's something the Holy Ghost does and opens doors. You know, when we stepped out in faith, we had no idea. We had no idea totally what would happen. But you walk through one door and usually one door leads to another door or maybe a thousand more doors. And God has just continued to bless us. We pioneered the church ministry in 1981, stepping out in faith. Uh, Angela was four. Angela, raise your hand. There's my daughter right there. She was four years old. Ryan, raise your hand. He was three years old (laughs) when we pioneered the church. Had a little Honda Civic wagon, hauled equipment on Sunday, set up equipment on Sunday, set up chairs, did all the things that you kind of do when you pioneer ministry. But uh, God is so good. Karen, raise your hand. Karen, we were at her place in 1980, a farmhouse out by DeSmith, and sharing on the Holy Spirit. And how many people got touched in that setting, you know, in such a great setting. And here you are, Karen, you're just serving the Lord, and uh, God has blessed you and your family and so forth. And I uh, got a notice today, there's a church up in North Dakota celebrating 35 years of ministry. And that, that pastor, when we first uh, started the ministry, we had met in the basement of the fire and police station, and a young guy from Arlington came who was 16, and he came to the meetings and, and so forth. Drove himself, every time. Parents didn't come, he came. And, uh, but he was there every week, graduated high school, went to Bible college. We married them in North Dakota, married a North Dakota girl, and they stepped out in faith. Now it's 35 years for their ministry. Wow. Up in the Hamer, North Dakota area. They're just uh, rural North Dakota, but a church like this on fire for Jesus. And have just done some tremendous things, you know. Uh, I'm just excited about how God moves. Amen. 
Uh, Michael Foote, raise your hand, Michael. Michael was here at Firestarters years ago when Pastor Rannon was here. And so God bless you, Michael. And uh, yeah, Jeannie married him and his wife as well, you know. And so we bless you. Good to have you here today. You know, good to have all of you here. Amen. Uh, you know, the Lord has done a lot of good things. You know, we've brought the gospel to 12 nations. We've taken 25 international ministry trips. Uh, we were recognized in 2003 by, a lot of people don't know this stuff, but 2003, the governor of South Dakota named a day after recognizing us, Governor Mike Rounds, uh, in 2003, proclaimed it, uh, Dave and Jeannie Kaufman Day in South Dakota. 2004, we got a letter from the White House from George W. Bush. These things are in my office. Uh, congratulating us on our ministry and what we were doing and the fact conferences, pastors' conferences, reaching pastors and so forth. Uh, what a nice thing that is on White House stationery, congratulating us, blessing us, recognizing, recognizing what God was doing. And uh, so a lot of people, not always here, but other places, recognize what God has been doing in, in some really uh, significant ways. So we've taught pastors uh, we've taught uh, leadership transition in many places. Now, why do we do that? Because uh, we're all going to leave this life sometime, right? So, so uh, whether you want to or not, uh, we have an expiration date. And so, so, uh, so I teach, I try to teach leaders. I try to encourage leaders to plan for leadership transition. And quite honestly, very few have spiritual ears. <laughs> Very few people listen or plan. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah, all right. No, sometimes, someday, and usually that minister dies or something. And either the ministry falls apart or it's in disarray. So, uh, uh, so if you don't plan, you know, uh, if, you, if, you, if you don't plan, it's a plan to fail. Let me just say that. You have to plan. You plan for transitions. That's what we're doing today here. Uh, and then a lot of pastors don't train others because they don't want to give up any authority. Don't want to allow anybody to minister. And we've known people that are old, old, and they do all the ministry. They do all the praying. They do all that. We don't do that here. You know, we, we're always training people, even people, some of you coming, students at SGSU. We, you're up here. You're worshiping, training, training, or ministry, and so forth. Training. Jesus always did that. He's always training people. So that's what we do here. That's what you're supposed to do. Amen? Uh, apostles, prophets, and evangelists. The book of uh, Ephesians, you know, you do that to equip others for the ministry. Uh, oversee, but you equip others to do ministry. That's a good thing. Amen? Yeah. Turn to your neighbor and say, you want to be used of God. Turn to You want to be used of God. You know, God didn't call you to uh, sit in a chair. He called you to be about his business. Amen? He called you to be a servant. And so we're, we're constantly training. But a lot of ministers don't train others. And then sometimes pastors, out of frustration or something, just leave quickly. Uh, or maybe there's been a failure or something. They just leave quickly and they're gone. And of course, uh, then of course, people have to quick find what else we're going to do from there. So there are good examples though. Now, let me just mention one good example. Some of you might know uh, a minister called Christ for All Nations. And the lead pastor or the lead minister for that evangelist is Reinhard Bonnke. And Reinhard Bonnke uh, believed for Africa. Some of you maybe from Africa have heard of Reinhard Bonnke, Christ for All Nations Crusades. They've been in many, many nations, millions and millions of people affected. So Reinhard, though, he's German. He's ministering in Africa. He's getting older. And so there's a guy also in the ministry coming along, young guy. He watches him. He comes to the Crusades. He's helping out. He's doing things. His name is Daniel Colinda. And pretty soon Reinhardt says, well, Daniel, why don't you minister in this meeting? So he'd have him minister in a meeting. 
see how he did and so forth. And then he'd have him pray for others and see how he did. And so Reinhardt, Reinhardt realized that, that, you know, his life coming to an end, there has to be transitions. And so uh, he would have the billing, you know, Christ for all nations, Reinhardt Bonnke, the great world-known evangelist. And then smaller letters, here's was Daniel Colenda. Then as time passed, it was Reinhardt Bonnke and Daniel Colenda. And the two of them were side by side. And then as time passed more and so forth, Reinhardt couldn't travel as much, but it was Daniel Colinda and then smaller letters, Reinhardt Bonnke. And then Reinhardt Bonnke just, just faded into existence. He's with Jesus today. But that ministry, Christ for All Nations, continues to reach hundreds of thousands of people, especially across the continent of Africa. And as well in the United States with their ministry through Orlando and so forth. So, you know, transitions can be good, but you have to plan for that. Amen? You have to plan for that. That's why today we're continuing the process. Say the process. There's a process in in leadership and so forth. So the tabernacle through the years, you know, we've had others lead here with us and so forth, but it's a slow process. But one time there's Pastor Frank here, but Pastor Frank wanted to go into Minnesota and he wanted to pastor there. And we thought, okay, we blessed him and prayed for him and so forth as he went into Minnesota. And Pastor Kevin was here and Cindy was here and so forth. But then they, they stepped aside because they were going to travel. And they travel now wherever God opens the doors and God anoints them and so forth. But in the meantime, uh, 2018, about five years ago, December, we ordained Pastor Randon here. We laid our hands on him. We blessed him and so forth. People come in. Uh, Angeline, where's Angela? Okay, there you are. So, you know, and you came with Cindy and Cindy trained you. And you were in the office, and so you saw what she, on a daily basis, saw what she did and how she did it and so forth. And, and so they've continued to grow through that, amen, just, just to grow and to see God use them in some uh, wonderful ways. That's how it works, amen. Happens slow enough that most people here didn't even realize the transition was going on, other than the fact we tell people. But a lot of it just goes over people's head, but that's what you do, Amen. Let's look at some Bible translations. Let's, transitions. Let's look at Jesus. You can, uh, there's a scripture, Matthew 17, but Jesus ministered to thousands, all right? He ministered to thousands, but then he had a group of 12 called his close disciples that he chose. And then a lot of people don't even realize that then he had a group of three. Now, we know we had the thousands. Yes, he sent out the 70, but it was the 12 that he had of disciples that became apostles and so forth. But then he had a group of three. Now, those group of three was Peter, James, and John. And they were the closest with him. And so he was always training them. He was always talking. We see the big, big events recorded in the Bible, but you've got to understand on the side, he was talking to them about life, about ministry, about the future, about what's happened, but what's going to happen. So on the Mount of Transfiguration, what did he do? He took Peter, James, and John. It wasn't all the 12 disciples there. It was Peter, James, and John that he chose. And the other disciples realized that he was, he was, he was placing a special anointing on them. And then, of course, you remember the woman with the issue of blood, you know, that reached in a touch of Jesus. But Jesus was in this crowd. And prior to that, here came a ruler of the synagogue named Jairus who said, Can you come to my house? My daughter is critically ill. Can you come and pray for her? Then the woman touches Jesus and she's healed. And then, of course, the leader comes to uh, uh, Jairus. So he finishes that and the leader comes and says, don't even, don't bother him anymore. Your daughter's dead. It's too late. I just want to say this. Jesus said right away, he said, don't fear. He stopped fear at the door. Don't fear. Don't let fear into your head. 
He just stopped it at the door. And what did he do then in Luke chapter 8? Luke chapter 8 says he came to the house. He permitted no one to go in except Peter, James, and John. He took those three. So the disciples and others around, Peter, James, and John, they're watching Jesus. They're listening to Jesus. They're, they're seeing what he does, how he does it, and so forth. He was always training and preparing his disciples for what? For his departure. Departure. He was going to leave. And when he left, he was going to leave them in charge of that New Testament church. You know, think about this. If you're a parent, you should prepare for transitions. What is that? You prepare your children. You prepare your children that when they're young, they get an education and they grow and they learn. You prepare them in the Bible, learning the Bible and the ways of the Bible. But even as they're old, you're preparing them. And you're preparing yourself to do what? So that you're going to leave, but you can leave that inheritance with them. That's the most important thing there is. You're leaving a deposit of what is really valuable in life. A lot of parents are just going through life, just plugging along. Don't realize, wait a minute, you've got a job to do. You're a leader. Turn to someone next to you and say, you're a leader. Everybody is a leader in some capacity. All right? Even, even young people, you could, be, you could think, well, I'm just, I'm just in high school. No, but you're a leader to those in middle school. Or you're a leader to those that are in elementary school. Younger are always looking up to the older. And they're thinking about their life. Everybody is a leader in some capacity. A parent, you're leading your family. Or on your job, maybe you have responsibilities. And you lead on your job. You know things someone else doesn't know. So you're preparing, you're preparing for what? You're preparing to do your job, but also that someone can come behind you and take your place. Maybe they'll say of your same name, maybe they won't. But the important thing is they come behind you, take your place or your vision, your character. You want to have good character, right? So you want, to t- you want them to come behind you and think, wow, what, a, what, would, what would dad do or what would mom do or how did they think and, and, and take good from that. Even my parents, my parents didn't serve the Lord their whole lives until the very end. But, but they still had good things. I thought, I can learn from that. Other things, no, I didn't want to take. But I wanted to learn from the good, right? So you have to understand you're a leader. Say it again to your neighbor. Say, you're a leader. So you want to do something with your leadership. You want to pass it on to somebody else. That's a good thing, right? That's a good thing. It's a positive thing. That's how we all learn. When I stepped out in faith to Jeannie and I and so forth, uh, 28 years old. And a lot of people think, well, what, what does he know? Well, not very much other than I knew Jesus. You got to know Jesus, right? Yeah. Pastor Rand and Angeline are stepping in this older. They're like old folks now, you know. And, and so uh, uh, you, you, you do things, you do things in life. A lot of people think, oh, a young person can't do that. Who's to say a young person can't do that? We do things all the time here, even like having young people. We had a, a youth service and so forth, but where young people would pray for others. Sometimes people think, this got to be old people. And folks, <laughs> sorry to say, but old people have to pass the torch to young people and let them go do it. Is anybody perfect? Nope. So don't even, don't even put that on yourself or somebody else that you've got to be perfect because you don't have to be. All you need to do is have a heart. Like David, a heart after God, heart for Jesus. Amen? 
So Jesus said in John 14, verse 12, he said, he said, uh, I say to you, he that believes on me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do. And we look at that and we think, you know, that's, we focus on those things. But he was preparing them. He says, I'm going to leave. That's his last statement there. I'm going to leave you. I'm not going to, you're not going to see me here forever. I'm going to be gone. And listen, this transition started when it hit the ground. Boom, it was moving. Got about three years. Let's get, let's get after it here, right? And so he says, he says, you can do these things, but I'm going to leave. This is the importance of that. I'm going to leave in the natural. I'm going to be gone from here. John 18. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. So, of course, a lot of them initially were hoping like he'd be the next great political person for Israel. But he said, I'm not in politics. I just want to say, Jesus is not in politics. He says, my kingdom is not of this world. Hey, we're, we're of another kingdom, another whole world, and our, and our president or our leader is Jesus Christ. Wonderful thing, amen? But he's preparing them. Hey, it's not, not of this world. We're, we're going another direction. Luke 24, 49, he says, hey, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to help you. I want you to wait in Jerusalem until you're endued with power. Don't go out on your own. You've seen what I do, what I do, but I only do it because of the power of the Holy Spirit. I do it because of what I see what the Father tells me to do. So you want to wait for the Holy Ghost. So he's preparing them, right? He's preparing them. And of course, then we get, uh, and incidentally, well, let's read Mark 16 a second. Mark 16, this is the commission. It shouldn't be the great omission. It should be the great commission. Like we have in the sign back there. His last command is our first priority. That's, that's what it is. So he said, go into all the world. Tell everybody about me. These signs will follow them that believe in my name. They'll cast out demons. They'll speak with new tongues. They're going to lay hands on the sick, and the sick will recover. So you know the story. Now let me pause here a second. You know the story. So when Jesus had spoken these things, and he gave them this commission, and then he began to ascend into heaven. And he ascended into a cloud and so forth. And, he's, and they all watched him go. And they're all like this. And pretty soon a couple of angels come by and say, Hey, let's get going here. Why are you gazing up here? Now your ministry, now your ministry begins to do what he told you to do. And so they all thought, yeah, yeah, okay, let's go. They went back to Jerusalem. They met. They were in prayer. They fasted. They were seeking God and all the, all the things you know they did. But, but, but so then the Holy Spirit came. Amen. So look at the next verses in the book of Mark, the last, last verses there in the book of Mark from uh, 19 and 20. So after the Lord spoke to them, now the gap, Holy Spirit came, they were touched, they were filled. Jesus goes into heaven. He sits down at the right hand of God. Notice it says they went and preached everywhere. Say everywhere. Everywhere, everywhere is where you're at. That's where it's at. Everywhere is where you're at. And it says they went and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word, which would be his word, through accompanying signs. Amen. Then what what you see here is the transfer of this leadership. We see the transfer of power. We see that it's being completed as they take and do what Jesus said to do. uh, Leadership transition isn't a downer, it's a real upper. You know, where God wants to take us farther and farther and farther than we ever thought possible. You know, when Jeannie and I were in college, we thought Jesus was coming real soon. But we got married, and we had kids, and he still hasn't come. But, but he is coming soon. 
We're living in the last days. This is the time to be ready to meet the Lord and to uh, do His bidding. Amen? All right, let's look at another example of transition, and that's Elijah and Elisha. Now, 2 Kings chapter 3, verse 11, says that Elisha, uh, there's no prophet of the Lord here that we may inquire of the Lord by him. So some of the servants of the king of Israel answered and said, Elisha, the son of Shaphath, is here who poured water on the hands of Elijah. Poured water on the hands of Elijah. What was, what was Elisha to Elijah? He was a helper. He was a helper. Sometimes we think things have to be big. Helping. Just daily things, right? Daily things. I was ministering out in rural India years and years ago and so forth. And we ate. We ate with our hands and, and so forth in this little place. And then I went outside and there was a, some water. And, uh, and I was trying to get close to the water and so forth. And then a guy tapped me on the shoulder and he began to pour water over my hands. And I began to wash my hands and all of a sudden I thought of this verse. Elisha poured water on the hands of Elijah. And I was washing my hands and I looked up at this man, smiled. He didn't even speak any English or anything like that. But this verse became real. All he did was help. All he did was serve. All he did to do what, whatever. There's myriads of things, you know, to do uh, serving in the church or the body of Christ. Sometimes we act like, oh, that doesn't, that doesn't mean anything. I guess it meant something here. Because it's recorded in the scripture. That it was significant enough that he poured the water on the hands of Elijah. Significant. Now, let's go back from there to 1 Kings chapter 19. And in 1 Kings chapter 19, you know, we have the ministry of Elijah. We think they're powerful ministries and so forth. However, you have to understand there's transitions. And so Elijah is ministering his stuff. And the Lord says to him, go your way to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive, anoint Hazel, the king over Syria. You'll anoint Jehu, the son of Nimshi, as king over Israel. And Elisha, the son of Shaphat, uh, you shall anoint as prophet in your place. should underline that. What is that? That's transition. Now we think, well, wait a minute now. Great prophet Elijah and all the stuff that he's doing. The Lord says, yes, now I want you. You're going to leave. <laughs> You're going to leave. And I want you to anoint Elisha. Now keep in mind, he, it wasn't that he didn't know him. He did know him. Elisha had helped him. Elisha had served. Elisha had just been through ordinary, ordinary, everyday things with him. All right? So it wasn't like, and who's, who is this uh, Elisha? Who is this guy? No, no, he knew who this guy was. So he says, you know, sometimes you look at ministry, like Moses even appointed the elders. And he says, I want you to appoint these 70 elders whom you know to be the elders. Listen, you're not looking for a title. You just serve. We don't go by titles and so forth. And yet, people recognize what we're doing apostolically worldwide. But you just serve. Your, 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 your uh, work should identify who you are. So, so Moses just thought, well, who's that? So I'm not going to just name, I'm not going to name anybody. I'm going to say, oh, that person's serving, that person's serving, that person's serving. And that's how he did it. Because he could recognize what they're doing. 
So Elijah, Elijah comes and he says, I want you to anoint Elisha in your place. In your position. Your, your position is going to transition. So prepare for what? Prepare for transition, right? Always should do that. Again, I just want to emphasize, even for you personally, think about your life. How are you training others in your life? If you have children, how are you training your children? If you have grandchildren, how are you training them? If you work at your job, how, how are you doing things for them? Plan for transitions. Amen? Okay, let's look at 1 Kings, verse 19. So Elijah comes, and so he departs from there, and he finds Elisha, who's plowing. So he's working. He's working a job in addition to helping Elijah. Twelve yoke of oxen, which means he wasn't poor. He had, he had resources, all right? Twelve yoke of oxen. He had resources. And so he's plowing and so forth, and he was with the twelfth, and Elijah passed by him and threw his mantle on him. What was, what, was, what was Elijah doing? He was casting his vision. Elisha had been with Elijah. Elijah was casting his vision. He was casting his calling. He's casting his anointing onto the next person who's coming after him. He's preparing. He's, he's still there. He's still doing ministry. Elijah's still doing things and so forth. But he's preparing. So God already spoke to him about Elisha, but now he's cast his mantle. It wasn't like, hey, you want to use my coat for a day? No. They didn't have anything to do with the coat. It had everything to do with this calling, with this anointing, with this ministry, with this vision. So that Elisha could take up the same thing. When there's a transition, it isn't supposed to be like, oh, big, big bump in the road, boom, boom, You know, oh, what are we going to do here? And sadly, that's how it is in most places. Transitions happen. Someone new comes. There's nothing about the ministry or what the history of the church is or anything. And then people are just scattered. No, no, smooth transition. This was, this was public, right? Okay, so people know Elijah's, Elijah's saying, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. He's telling Elisha, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. So he casts his mantle on him, all right? He's casting his vision. He's casting his anointing, casting those things on him. He, and, uh, and Elisha leaves the oxen, runs after Elijah. Let me kiss my father and mother, and I'll come and follow you. And he says, go back again for what have I done to you? So, so basically, he's just saying, you've got you to plan for this. This is, this, is, this is what we're going to do, right? It's really kind of neat. Elisha runs after Elijah, and the both of them at that point serve together. All right? Now, now they're walking side by side. Before it's Elijah and Elisha, now it's Elijah and Elisha side by side. And they're both working together. And the other people, be it in Israel, the sons of the prophets, they all recognize this. They all recognize this because why? They're walking as a team. They're walking together. They're, they're working together, cooperating together. Ah, I love it. So, so it says that in 2 Kings 2.9, so Elisha comes and says, you know, Elijah said, what do you want? So Elisha said, uh, ask, what may I do for you before I'm taken away from you? What do you want? I like this. You see, he's already got a glimpse of Elijah's ministry and the calling and the anointing. So what is he going to ask? Boy, I'd like a, <clears throat> let's see, I want a new camel. 
and uh, I need a few other things, financial things. So he's not, he's not in that realm. He's not in the natural. He's in the supernatural. He's thinking about spiritual things. And so he says, what do you want? And, and before I'm taken away. Now he tells him, I'm going to leave here. I'm going to leave. This is it, buddy. I'm going to leave. And he says, let me have a double portion of your spirit upon me. So he's asking, what is he asking? He was asking for that ministry. Sees the vision, sees the calling, sees the anointing. That's what I need. I'll take double. What you got, I'll take double. <laughs> Amen? So we go there in the next verse, 2 Kings 2, verse 11, following. So it happened as they continued on and talked. Notice it says, as they continued on, they're walking side by side. You know, lots of ministers, if, if, there's, if there's a group of people that really face insecurities, I think it's ministers. <laughs> They're very insecure. Because a lot of ministers, they want the attention, they want everybody to like them, they want all these things, but they face a lot of insecurities. And that's why they don't allow others to do things. But here, you know, you can be secure in your, in your call of God. You can be secure in who you are. We're always learning, right? We're always learning. So they're continuing on. They're walking. They're talking and so forth. And then suddenly, suddenly there's a chariot of fire. Separates the two of them. Elisha goes up into a whirlwind. Elisha sees it. He cries, my father and my father. Relationship. Relationship that they had in ministry. Younger, older relationship. The chariot of Israel and its horsemen. And he sees him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes. He's tore him in two pieces. And he took the mantle of Elijah. Now, this is more than just a garment. Elijah's gone. What's, what's the task? The ministry of task. It wasn't like that at a funeral now. <laughs> not too many people that just went to be with the Lord, you know, like that. A few, but not many. So they didn't have a funeral. He takes up the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. And, of course, walked across the river. Same vision, same calling, same anointing. Those are good things. Elisha's ministry surpassed Elijah's ministry. That's just what you want in a transition. Pastor Rand and Angeline, we've visited and so forth about many, many different things. But in fact, our ceiling becomes their floor. So where we started out in church and all the things that we did and pioneering and things and building the building and all the stuff like that and conferences and stuff. Now our ceiling becomes their floor. They're beginning, they're beginning now. Well, they've been doing it, but you know, they're beginning now where we've been at. It'll go farther. It will go farther. (laughs) It'll be blessed. It'll be a blessing. It'll be good, good, good in many, many ways. Same for you, Angeline. You know what you're doing now. You're doing great things. So, so that's how it's supposed to be. Can you say amen? amen? That's how it's supposed to be. Now, let's look at one more transition, and that's the transition of Moses to Joshua. And we come to a place in Exodus chapter 17 where Joshua in the battle, the Amalek had come and fought and so forth, and Moses says to Joshua, choose out men, go out and fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I'll stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. If you follow, if you follow again, just, just the relationship here. We have Moses, but now he has a lot of leaders. But now Joshua is doing what? He's working in the ministry. 
He's working in the ministry. He's seen firsthand what ministry is involved, what happens in ministry, right? Now, a lot of people can come out of a Bible college and they're just in a fog, have no idea what ministry is. But ministry, ministry is interesting, <laughs> all right? You're always working with people. And, and when you're working with people, there's a lot of different issues that come up. And so, so here they are, here they are, you know, Moses, of course, is, is standing up there. You know the story when his hands were up, they were winning. When the hands went down, they were, they were losing and so forth. But, but so Elisha, or, or excuse me, so, so uh, uh, Joshua is working in the ministry. And it says then after, later on in verse 17, verse uh, 13 and 14, it says, Amalek fought, or Joshua defeated Amalek. The Lord said to Moses, write this for a memorial in the book, recount it. In the hearing of Joshua. All right? What is he saying? He's saying, I want you to rehearse the stories. I want you to write this down. I want you to write the testimonies. I want you to rehearse the testimonies. I want you to rehearse the stories. Now, that's what we've been doing over the last five years, of course, with, with Randon and Angeline and so forth, is rehearsing stories. Stories about what? Stories about ministry. Stories about the tabernacle, stories about how we started, stories about uh, uh, missions, story about conferences, stories about just, just working out in different situations. What does that do? Well, it helps people understand, right? It's like if you have a team, if you have a team, uh, and today there'll be games on TV and so forth. So you have a starting quarterback. But what is the, what is the uh, aside from that, there's another quarterback or two on the sideline. And what are they doing? They're learning. Usually those, not always, but usually they're younger quarterbacks. Maybe came out of college. And so they have headphones on, but they're learning. Why'd they do this? Why'd they do that? Why'd they call this play? Why'd they do that play? And they're constantly learning. Or during the week, the, the big quarterback is all the attention, but the others are there too, learning the same things. Or the younger says, how did you see that? Well, I saw that because he, he turned this way and that indicated, you know, a zone defense or a man-to-man defense. They studied. They learned. They under that. And so the older does what? He's always teaching the younger. Why? Because they know in one minute you might be done. <laughs> right? One minute it's like, hey, we need you in the game. So there's constantly training. There's constantly preparing. And then, of course, they know that that person who's just so stellar will someday leave. Doesn't mean they die. They just, they're going to leave. They either get too old to play or something. Or they're smart enough to quit early. <laughs> you know, take your money and run. But, you know, those things happen. So you always have these things. You're rehearsing. You're recounting. You're sharing things and so forth like that. Those are important. Let's look at Exodus chapter 24 a second. Rehearsing the stories. I, you know, I just want to say, I love it when people ask me questions. When people ask me questions, say, hey, what about this? What about that? What about this one? I love it. There are no secrets. But you find so little often that people ask questions. Through the years, we would be around some notable ministries. Had lunch with Bill Johnson. Bill's on my right, right? And, and uh, 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 other ministers and so forth. What am I going to do? Hey, what's for lunch? Do you like that food? No, no. You want to talk about something that's important, right? Talk about something that's real. Amen. Or sometimes someone will share testimony and I think, wow, that was amazing. Then I'll get alone and say, what did you feel in that situation? What did you feel when that happened? 
Well, how did you hear that? Ask questions. Ernie Gruen had one of the biggest ministries in the United States in Kansas City years and years ago. Uh, uh, held, uh, formulated the great gathering in Arrowhead Stadium where like 60,000 people came worshiping the Lord. Coordinated the whole thing. Knew people all over the world. All over the world people were in his house. And yet later in his life, we were the ones close to him. And we go to his house in Kansas City. And I bring my notebook. I say, now Ernie, what about this? And he tell a story. What about that? Tell a story. What about that? Tell a story. Amazing. That's how we learn, right? Ask questions. The disciples would wait till something was old, big event, and then they come to Jesus and say, what did you mean by that? Good to ask questions. Turn to your neighbor and say, ask questions. Let me say this. If you're young, by young meaning, uh, say, not married yet or whatever, you could be married. But, but if you're young and your mom and dad is still alive, sit down and ask them some questions. Hey, mom, what about this? Hey, dad, what about this? You know, some people, some people get to a funeral and say, I wished I would have asked that question. I wished I would have said that. Or maybe they said, I didn't even know that they did this or this or this. They never asked a question. You honor your, your seniors, you honor those by asking questions. That doesn't mean everything you did is right. Hey, got, we got all kinds of things. Maybe we blew it, but that's the whole thing about wisdom. Let's learn from somebody who made the mistake so you don't have to make the mistake. Right? That's, that's what you do. That's how life is and so forth. So Joshua, okay, so, so uh, the Lord says to Moses, come up to me in the mountain and be there, and I will give you tablets of stone, the law and the commandments, which I wrote. So Moses arose, notice the word here, with his assistant Joshua. Now Moses gets all the attention. Of course, he was the leader of the children of Israel, bringing them out of Egypt. But Joshua, his assistant, was there all the time. So when the Ten Commandments were written, Joshua was an eyewitness. When the glory cloud came down, Joshua was in the glory cloud with Moses. So in other words, there was there were always Joshua was doing what? He was always helping and learning. Say that, helping and learning. <laughs> that's that's what that's what they do. Uh, Exodus 33, verse 11, says this, Then the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. He, he, would, he would return to the camp, but his servant Joshua, son of Nun, a young man, notice young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. So Moses would leave the tabernacle to go and do ministry down in the congregation. And Joshua would say, all right, I'll see you a little later here. And he would stay in the presence of the Lord. Now, what was Joshua doing? He was acquiring a mantle. He was acquiring a mantle of ministry to be, to be in God's presence. Got to get this fixed here a little bit. That's what you do. So he's still staying in the presence of the Lord. And, of course, we know that when they went in to spy out the land, Numbers 13 and 14, but, but Joshua was one of those leaders who brought back the good report. So Moses does what? He sees his footsteps. He sees what he's doing. He sees his character. He sees all those things. Numbers chapter 27. So here we have Joshua. Take Joshua, a man in whom is the spirit of leadership. Did this happen overnight? No, it didn't happen overnight. But it's a process of receiving, of walking in that anointing, taking on the mantle, amen. Lay your hand on him. 
Have him stand before Eleazar the priest. The entire assembly commission him in their presence and give him some of your authority so the whole Israelite community will obey him. So here's Joshua chosen to be Moses' successor. And he says, I want in public you to transfer some of your authority to Joshua. Because not only now. So what happened? You got Moses, you got Joshua. Now we have Moses and Joshua side by side. Now they're walking together. Now they're, now they're together as a team. Now they're, here, they're both hearing the Lord. They're both carrying a mantle. It's a good thing. Why is this? Because God plans transitions. Plans transitions. This is life. This is all about life. We're talking today about ministry here at the church, but this is life. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're going to leave someday. <laughs> I'm not talking about leaving your location. We're all, we're all destined to go to heaven. I mean, that's his plan. He wants us to go to heaven, right? But when we leave, when we leave, there will be people left who knew us. That you want your life to have an impact on those who are still around. First and foremost, your kids, but also maybe co-workers or other people, right? You want your life to have an impact on all of those people. So, so the transfer of authority was going to take place in a public place. Let's go to the next verses there. Number 27 and 22. It says, so Moses did as the Lord commanded. What we're doing to here today is what I've taught for years, but also because it's the word of the Lord. That's why we're doing it. We're not doing it. We're not doing it. Oh, Pastor Dave's in poor health. He's going to die tomorrow. No, we're not doing it because of that. <laughs> oh, Pastor Dave, things are going terrible for him. No, we're not doing it because of that. No, we're doing it because it's biblical. We're doing it because this is how this is how leadership is supposed to function. Even people watching, there might be later pastors watching. This is how you should, you should plan for your own congregations, or parents, or whatever. <laughs> how you should plan. So, so have him stand before uh, you're standing before the whole assembly. He lays his hands on him. He commissioned him as the Lord instructed through Moses. So many months ago, many months ago. As I'm there, just I'm always planning, I'm always thinking ahead. And the Lord said, this is the day that you're going to have a leadership transition. And I said, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. So we wrote it down. We wrote it down a long time ago. And then, of course, church council, of course, knew that and so forth. But, but that, that's, the way, that's the way it's supposed to operate. Incidentally, all of these transitions, you could take Jesus, you could take... You could take Moses, you could take uh, uh, Elijah. The people were all physically and spiritually healthy <laughs> when the transition occurred. It's how it's supposed to be. Amen? How it's supposed to be in life, all right? All for all of them. So, and the ministry, in all cases, not only continued, it expanded. I'm excited. You know, I, I don't know how long before Jesus comes. I don't know how long I have on this earth. But I do know that God's blessing is in this place. I mean, I'm here with the leadership, Pastor Rand and Angeline, all of many of you other ministers and so forth. You're all tremendous anointed ministers. And we're thankful for that. But all of these things happen where a more senior person passed it on to a younger person. Right? That's how it works. Or otherwise, you're just placing you with you, and they're not going to be here long either. So it's all, that's how those transitions happen. Pastor Rannick came to South Dakota State 
And, and your family's here. God bless you for all the Funderbergs and family. God bless you for being here today. It's a good day. It's a good day. Uh, uh, he came to South Dakota State and, and was part of our Firestarters ministry and so forth in 2006. Of course, that's when we also met Michael and Steph. Graduated in 2010. And, and uh, you know, worked in business and so forth. Angeline joined the church in 2017, part-time, helping with Cindy and stuff. And, and uh, uh, you know, all these things are neat things because, you know, you were new. And it's like, we wondered, well, can she do the job? Is she, will she do okay? And, and she does. Or I'll listen on the phone. Someone will call and her voice is there. No, you know, God, she'll say something about God has a good plan for you. She'll say something. People call for all kinds of needs, not just church people. I'm talking about the world people. But she's, her, the demeanor and the sweetness, say sweetness. All that is important. Turn to your neighbor and say, you got to be nice. <laughs> got to be nice. Hey, I don't always feel nice, but you got to be nice, right? You got to be nice. You don't act out your feelings. You don't even act out in faith what God says, right? So you got to be nice. That's just how it is. So she joined in and so forth. And then Randon, uh, just, just the calling on his life and, and uh, then coming actually uh, on staff in January of 2019. They've been fat, faithful, available, and trainable. They've had ears to listen. They've asked questions. All these things, again, are, are good, you know, and these are qualities that you want. Amen? Now, we're still going to be here. We're still going to be around and so forth like that. So it's not like, see you later. No, we're still here. All right? Then we'll be sharing ministry and all, all the stuff on those fronts and all that. But, but this is important for the tabernacle ministry. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited for what God is doing. I'm excited for the future. I'm excited for advancement. Yeah. Hallelujah. Excited for those things. So, uh, Pastor Rannon and Angeline, why don't you just, just stand here? You can face me a second. Just come on up here. And Pastor Jeannie, you can join me too. I feel like we're in a wedding. Hold hands. <laughs> you know... Um, So, you know, um, today I want to recognize them. Now, they've been here and they've been ministering and so forth like that. But today I want to recognize them. And what I want to recognize them, you know, a lot of people have called me like the senior pastor. Well, I'm just older, so it kind of goes with the turf. You know what I mean? Uh, I, I always say, you know, you, know, uh, you know you're older when the college girls hold the door open for you. Ah, <laughs> let me get that. We were, we were on a trip, and there was a middle-aged guy holding the door open for me. He said, let me get that for you, sir. And I'm thinking, I turned to Jeannie. I said, do I look that old? What, what is the deal? I mean, that's, that's like, uh, wow. You know, but, but, you know, it's just things. Like, I feel pretty good. We go to the gym, and we're having fun, you know. So uh, all that is good. But uh, Jeannie and I will continue. Apostolic overseers, we're going to be here, you know, for the near future, sharing ministry, doing all kinds of stuff like that. But, but today... Just as Moses looked at Joshua, I look at you, and there's a charge. There's a charge, just the mantle. And I know man, the mantle has come on the two of you, carrying the heart of Jesus and carrying our heart. But first and foremost, you want to stay humble. Just stay humble. Stay, stay in the Word, but just cling to Jesus. Because there are so many things. We never, you never know what's on the next phone call or what's going on in life. Just stay humble. 
And, and as you do that, you know, he'll guide you. Stay teachable. Listen to his voice. Flow in the Holy Spirit. You're up here, Pastor Rand, and learn to play the guitar. Thank you, Jesus. And so, so again, like what, what's Jeannie doing? She's passing things off. We're training people. Training people. Any area of ministry. If you, any of you want to help Roger, help him out with ushering and so forth. Yeah. You know, hallelujah. Amen. So there's all kinds of areas to be involved in. But we're training to do what? So others can do it. Yeah. Things might not always be, well, I wouldn't have done it this way or that. No, 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 don't. We're worshiping the Lord or we're teaching the word. So, so, but here he is singing and now we're singing in the spirit. Hallelujah. Amen. Can you say hallelujah? hallelujah. Hey, I, I, we want, we want, you know, the church is spirit filled. You want it to be spirit filled, right? Amen. You don't want it to be like every other church down the block. Well, then what is the reason for that? When we pioneered the church, uh, I had a banker say to me, he says, don't we have a lot of churches in town, Dave? Guy who owned the bank, and I said, sure Not do. Like Not, one one. Like <laughs> Not one like this. Not one like this. I said, you ought to come by someday. Yeah. So spirit-filled ministry. Stay humble. Walk in the spirit and so forth. And Joshua 1. We're going to go to Joshua 1 a second. First and foremost, just to know in verse 5, the Lord is with you. I will, notice the word, never. <laughs> he Amen. will never leave you. Never now, there's sometimes in anybody's life, you know, you can be a parent or in a ministry, but you feel like, oh, wow. You know, maybe you just don't feel the Lord, but he'll never leave you. Amen. He'll always be with you, always. And he's always as close as the mention of his name. It's 3 o'clock in the morning, he's there. Amen. And, and he will be with you, just like he's been with us, just like he's been with others. Joshua, verses, next verses from 6 through 9, really just detail. He's just saying, be strong. Be strong in what? Be strong in the Lord. Right. Be courageous. Be courageous in the Lord. Right? Be courageous in the Lord. Stay in the word. Obey his voice. I say that too. Obey his voice. We're in the end times. We don't know what's coming. Boys, a lot of interesting days ahead. Would you agree? Amen. There's Amen. a lot of interesting days ahead. You know, so you want to stay, just, just stay uh, in the word, but hear his voice for what you should say or not say. Don't be afraid. You know, he told him here, don't be afraid, Amen. Uh, uh, be courageous, set that up, be strong, courageous, be careful, let's see, uh, success where we go. I wonder if there's one, let's go to a few more verses. Uh, be strong and have good courage. Yeah, be strong, courage. Do not be afraid. Amen. Do not be discouraged. Amen. We have a choice there. So the Holy Spirit's going to give you wisdom, going to give you direction. Now, the future, and so forth. Mm. Holy Spirit's going to give you boldness. But it's not a boldness that's harsh. Just a boldness to stand Amen. on what the Bible says. And when he does that, you're going to feel that blessing. You're just going to know, thank you, Lord. And Randon and Angeline, there's a mantle on you even now. Because Amen. we've cast the mantle without you realizing it a long time. We've just cast a mantle toward you. Amen. You've been around us. and You've been listening. We've cast a mantle. Same vision. Same ministry. And that is going to increase. From this day forward, that's Amen. going to increase in big, big ways. It's going to be powerful. Amen. Amen. So we want to, do you have a scripture you want to share? Well, uh, yes. So um, I want to say um, praise the Lord and God bless you. And um, what a day of celebration and a day of anointing that it is. Amen. Second uh, Peter 1.10, I had a couple scriptures on my mind, okay. but this one says, uh, brothers, Brother and sister, be diligent to make sure of your calling 
Yeah. Amen. So that's a good Bible verse. Make sure of your calling and yeah. election. For in doing these things, everyone here can agree. It says, you will never, or let's see, you will not ever fall. Yeah. Amen. Amen. You will not ever fall. Yeah. Um, and, but we've watched mm. you, and we've watched your footsteps. And the Bible says that a gift makes room for itself. Yeah. So um, as the Thunderbergs walk into the sanctuary, as they walk into their calling, we have seen it's a sure calling, and it's an um, exciting day yes. in the presence of the Lord and uh, holding on to that mantle. Amen. Amen. Uh, so let's see. One more is, uh, well, let's see. Thank you, Lord. Um, well, this one's neat, too. I'll just read one more. Ephesians 3.21 summarizes the calling that God would be glorified. Isn't Amen. that our desire? That Jesus, we all love the name Jesus. Can Amen. we say Jesus? Jesus. That Jesus will be glorified. Jesus is glorified Amen. through this generational anointing on your lives. And it says um, that uh, through us, Jesus will be glorified through us, the church. Amen. And through Jesus for all generations, forever and ever. Isn't that Comforting, amen, and uh, that Jesus is glorified in your calling, amen. amen. So amen. it's all about Jesus, and yes. he who has called you is faithful. The Bible says he will also do it, and amen. even as we're reading these verses, that we can partake and we can take hold of these amen. promises too, yes. amen, amen. Yes, bless okay. you all, amen. You go by Ange line there. So I want you to reach out your hands. So, Father. We just thank you for Pastor Rand and Angeline. We thank you, Jesus, for your calling on their lives. Amen. And, Father, we thank you for bringing them here years ago, that they stayed, that they remained, that they've continued to learn, they've continued to step out in faith, they've continued just to listen to you, Lord, and, Lord, to learn about this ministry. And we thank you for the tabernacle ministry, Lord, what you've done and what you're doing, and what you're going to do. We thank you, Jesus, even as we lay hands on them. We just transfer leadership to them in a greater way, Father, in the name of Jesus. Thank you for the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for the anointing that only you bring, Jesus. Thank you for discernment, Lord, of what you're saying. And Lord, we just thank you, even today, in Jesus' name, Lord, that this transfer is taking place. This transition, power, leadership, Lord, we thank you for it, Father. We thank you for it. We thank you for it in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Lord, for causing Rannon to be the lead pastor. Lord, and I thank you, Lord, for blessing Angeline. And I thank you for blessing their children. Lord, and I thank you, Lord, that you shall expand them. Their tent stakes shall go out and expand that leadership here, Lord. And we see this place, Lord, filled with families, young families, families with children, people coming in, Lord. We see it filled, Lord. And Lord, we thank you for your blessing. We thank you for the anointing to heal the sick. We thank you, Lord, for the anointing to cast out demons. We thank you, Lord, for your power in confirming your word with signs following in the name of Jesus. So, Lord, I thank you, even now. Thank you for your blessing on them. We impart this to them. We thank you for this transition. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, 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 amen. amen. Hallelujah.
So I was in prayer, and the Lord said, I want you to get a gold baton. How many of you ever ran track before? Anyone run track? Some of you have, all right. And he said, I want you to get a gold baton. And a baton, a baton in a race, Rand has been in track, but in a race, there's a relay. And the relay, normally it's four people running, but in the relay, as one person finishes their part, they reach out the baton for the next person to take the baton. Now, both are running, but for the next person to take the baton, <laughs> see, so I'm, I'm coming down, and then he's all timed out. Now, what do you do? You practice this, right? So in the race, it's not the first time you did it, but you practice it. You've planned for the transition. And you don't want to drop the baton, right? Let's think, think of it as the anointing or the mantle. And so in this particular one, just says, just says uh, uh, Tabernacle Transition Day has today's date. And then it has lead pastor, Ren and Funderburg. And so as, as we would go, as we prepare, we practice, practice, practice. But now this is the day. This is the race, all right? And so, and what do you want to do in a relay? You want to win, right? Yeah, you want to win. And so, so as I'm coming down, he's got his hand out there, and I'm passing it to him, releasing it, say release, release. for him to go farther than I've gone. Amen? Amen. Yeah, hallelujah. So that's how it's supposed to be. Amen? We're walking side by side yet. We're still doing things side by side. But you see, this is a time. In time, what will happen? In time, they'll go in front, <laughs> and we will be in the back. That's life. Amen. Yeah, if you've got cameras, go and take, take some pictures. Take, oh, Jeannie's got a picture, right? Let's, let's get a picture here. Anderson, come on. Jeannie, you've got to get in here. Hand off that phone to somebody. <laughs> let's put the girls in the middle here a second. So let's, uh, let's you know, this is... This is just key. This is powerful. This is really powerful. It's really good. Okay, so let's just take pictures. <laughs> yeah. Love it. Amen. <laughs> yeah, the nations, the nations, the nations. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, wait, 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 yeah, we've got to get this, get it just, all right, take another picture, all right. <laughs> amen, thanks, so these were given to us, uh, someone from Ghana years ago had uh, their family members, uh, they do this, they had them made for Jeannie and I for such a time as this, amen. for such an occasion as this, so that uh, we could wear these. We're an international church. Uh, Pastor Randon was in Ghana once. International ministry. That's Jeannie and I's heart is the world. Been in 12 nations. The world. Say the world. <laughs> the world is more than just it's your neighbor, but it's also bigger. You've got to think bigger and how God loves Amen. people. Amen. Amen. You want to say something? Um, well, I was just thinking about a phrase that you said uh, few minutes ago that you, you said the two words, in time. Yeah. I just want to release peace. Um, there's some, per, some personalities that don't like change at all. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, you know, there's certain groups. But anyway, um, we just want to release. I, I do sense such a peace here yeah. Yeah. in the room and in the congregation. 
But if you're that one that's like, eh, uh, I just want to repeat your words in time. Yeah. You know, that we are in this step right here, and, and it's such a wonderful. Yeah. Um, that's right. It's such a uh, divine, yeah. and I really, your sermon was powerful. Yeah, amen. I amen. got a lot out of that, too. Amen. amen. This is something you can share, Facebook Live. You can share it with somebody else. You can pass it on to somebody else. If you know a pastor, pass it on to them. But even as a parent, think about it. Mm-hmm. Mom and dad, talk, think about your life. Think about mm-hmm. your heritage, what's behind you, all right? Mm-hmm. And about what's really important. Yeah. Amen? Yeah, Amen. No, that's okay. So let's let's lift up your hands here. Lord, I thank you for your blessing here today. Amen. I pray every person be blessed, that your peace be on them, your eyes are on them, Jesus, your face is shining toward them. Lord, for every person today, I just thank you, Jesus, for for revealing yourself to them in a special way. Yes, Jesus. How good you are, that they draw closer to you. We speak blessings on each member here of this church, those visiting. We just speak blessings on their lives in the name of Jesus. Yeah, we bless you in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 So, yeah, let's thank the Lord. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So, we have some greeters or some international kids. You're going to head to the door, right, for... You can get now out there now for uh, blessing people. All right. So uh, up now, stand up yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Emma, and so forth. Isaac, head back there. Hallelujah. They've made themselves available to do that. We love it. Thank you, Jesus. The rest of you, let's stand up. Uh, <clears throat> if you have questions, you should ask. Right. <laughs> don't don't go to somebody else and say, "Well, I don't know what they meant." Don't. Why would you go to them? Once you come to me, right? Say Amen. Yeah. So uh, and then I want my family to come up. I want a picture with my family. All right. Uh, but we just bless you in Jesus' name, and it's going to be a great week ahead. Good things happen. Next Sunday, we have got communion. Hallelujah. Be wonderful. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this inspirational message. We trust that you were encouraged in your faith. For additional information or resources, please contact the church at 605-692-4616. You can email us at holylifeatbrookings.net or visit our website at holylifetabernacle.com. If you're in the Brookings area, please stop by to visit a service. We are located at 241 Mustang Pass, just off Main Avenue South. Our service times are Sundays at 10 a.m. and 6.30 p.m., also Wednesday nights at 7. God bless you.